0: Is
1: not one part of the strategy call development. It's all we enveloping telephone, a wealth of intelligence. Unless you selfishly embellishing all of the championships, basking it in, the study in the conferences, pack twelve and big, twelve in the ten, SEC, ACC, win, 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 win. It
0: just kind of Welcome everybody to Debbie Owners Manual. This is episode eight. This week we're gonna recap the two playoff matchups that were not very close least the BCS playoff matchups. We'll also discuss who helped themselves to start the new year and we'll preview the national title game as well. And then we'll have a new game, a game of Would You Rather. But before we get to all of this, let me remind you where you can find us on Twitter, at Debbie Manual on Twitter. Our email is DebbieOwnersManual at gmail.com. Also, a special thank you to Chris and Adam from Dynasty Owners Manual for allowing us to be part of our podcast family. And it isn't just me here tonight, Andrew, how you doing, man? I'm doing good.
1: Had a fantastic day at work, and ready to just finally talk about something
0: fantasy wise and football wise. Right? You survived the holidays. You still have your your wife didn't kill you or anything like that. So that's all. Nope, not yet. <laughs> I try to push my wife's buttons a little bit, you know, their family over and stuff. But yeah, we had a couple nice, fun arguments, you know. It's always good this it. time of year. I live <laughs> with my in laws, so every day is an argument. <laughs> you can't say anything too loud; they might hear you, right? Oh no! All right, man. Let's dive right in here. The first, the first of the BCS playoff games was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Like it was terrible. Clemson versus Notre Dame. It was just ugly. It was. I didn't get to watch it as it happened, so I had to watch it in hindsight, and I wish I didn't even have to watch it in hindsight. I would say very. One-sided from the get-go.
1: I mean, and you could even—it. I saw a lot of memes. You could see Brian Kelly's face the whole time was just like, "Oh, we haven't played anybody close to this all year,
0: <laughs> but he's the coach of the year."
1: Exactly. Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
0: There's a lot to lots to dislike about this game. Is there anything you loved about the game?
1: I had one love, and I think it's a love that everyone's developing. And Tyler, our leader over at Dynasty Happy Hour, was the First person to show this guy some love was Trevor Lawrence, the freshman sensation. If you Google Trevor Lawrence now, I swear everything has an air quote and quotes uh, generational talent. I'm hearing people talking about him the same way prospect wise as they did with Andrew Luck and John Elway, as far as being a perfect prospect. And the kid's a true freshman, didn't even start the whole year, came in and made Kelly Bryant transfer, who started in two national championship games. But if you watch Lawrence, the throws he makes the accuracy and the touch and you say with a lot of quarterbacks just the way he makes it look is just effortless and like he's just kind of playing in the backyard with his dad or brothers or something the hair you can't go wrong with the hair either so (laughs) it just makes it all the more better
0: yeah last fall i was or last winter i was actually part of an 800 player draft where we drafted all w players or all college players, and I think Trevor Lawrence was a top five pick. So he's he's got the hype. He's had it for a while, and he's one of the few that really appears to be li- living up to him. He just he plays with just confidence, but yet he's cool and yeah, he's he's fun to watch and he's got a good coach and a good system there to grow with.
1: Yeah, now yeah, the whole. Team, I mean the team as a whole defensively is loaded, but the offense is young with him. You got T Higgins, who we're gonna talk about later, and Travis Etienne, running back we're gonna talk about later. They're both just sophomores, so he'll have them for a whole another year. Justin Um, Ross. And Justin Ross is a freshman too, yeah. So he'll have him his whole college career, whether it be three or four years. I'm sure it'll be three if he wants, and he'll be the QB1 when it happens. But that's the thing, and they were talking today on ESPN about Dabo and how he got the coaching job in 08 and how he was just a wide receiver coach that never was a head coach at any level anywhere, and now he's turned into this great recruiter and turned them into a national power in small town in South Carolina. So it's the coaching, it's the recruiting, it's that team as a whole, and it's just I like watching Clemson. It's nice knowing that there's somebody else other than
0: Alabama, which is
1: a big thing for
0: me. what i loved about the game i loved watching clemson's defense just you know i mean nitpick the crap out of notre dame i didn't think notre dame had an overwhelming offense to begin with but that defense it looked almost effortless the way they were playing and then they didn't have to ask much of travis etienne and he still provided you know he just he's one of those guys that seems like he has 15 touches 125 yards every game at least you know He he always has the high yards per carry and I, I got to stop. <laughs> is, it, is it fair to say ETN was your love for the – like in our love-hate yeah. thing? With yep, game? between ETN and the defense. I had a lot to love there. What did you dislike most about the game? Did you have like a hate or anything you didn't really like? or? I mean, I didn't hate how one-sided it was, but the, I hate
1: a person that wasn't directly involved with the game. But uh, John Swarbrick, who – do you know who that is?
0: No, actually, I was curious. And he's the athletic director at Notre Dame. So uh,
1: He needs, Notre Dame needs to join a conference. If they were in any conference, Big Ten, ACC, heck, even the American conference, I think, I mean, they would have had to have played UCF then. So UCF and Notre Dame, I think UCF wins, and UCF wasn't in the playoff. Right. So now I just, Notre Dame's in a conference for basketball, and they're in a conference for a lot of other sports, and football is the one where they remain independent, and I get it, you can... You have your rivalries with USC and Michigan, and you still have four non-conference games you can schedule. So you can keep those rivalries in place. But there comes a time where if you really want to test your team so you don't go on the national stage with Brian Kelly and go 0 for 7 on VCS or playoff games, you need to toughen your team up with a tougher schedule.
0: That kind of leads to what I didn't like the most. It's just I think the playoff committee sometimes think maybe overthinks things or – or not enough like I think the eye test even if you just watched Notre Dame play you could tell they weren't a team that belonged in the top four I mean even though they lo- they didn't win and didn't lose any games the playoff committee has a human element to it but it didn't show I feel like they felt like they had to put them in there yeah and, and that was just you know we've we've got to avoid that somehow And an 18 playoffs the only logical way so I think we'll get there at some point there's too much money in it to be avoided for too long I believe. Now, I think Notre Dame's still riding
1: the uh, momentum from the four horsemen and Newt Rockney. I know that sounds really dumb, but honest to God, it's one of those things where they get so far. And even I mean Lou Holtz even, they're riding a little bit high from when he was coached there. We've seen, you saw in the 80s, Miami thumped them and exposed them. You saw other teams in the 90s expose them whenever they had all the hype. Um, I'm a Browns fan because of Brady Quinn, so I followed Notre Dame in the early 2000s, and they were always a big letdown even when they had uh, Darius Walker and Jeff Samarja and Brady Quinn there. So it's one of those things where if they were just in a conference, a lot of this would be figured out.
0: Yeah, I live about an hour from South Bend, so I I get a lot of the buzz up here for them. And and then the other game, the Alabama versus Oklahoma, which the score looked – closer, and it did get kind of close there for a minute, but it, Alabama definitely had control most of the game. What well, really stood out in that game? What was your big love of the game? Like,
1: I love Quinton Williams. I loved his performance in the game, and I loved his little soundbite before the game. He could have ripped into Tyler Murray in Oklahoma, and he was going to say how he wasn't really that good, and then he had the whole Saban demon pop up on his shoulder, and he was like, uh-uh-uh as a throwback to Jurassic Park there as well. So, no, Quinn and Williams just really gets me excited as far as for IDP and draft season. In a draft where it's loaded with defensive talent, I think a team's going to go have the second, third, fourth pick, and somehow he's going to be there, and he could come out of this draft being the best player and actually producing.
0: What was the last stick to football? Matt Miller said he's got a legitimate argument for him being first overall. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, finally – he got a Heisman vote I've been saying that for months (laughs) like you've got to everybody's just like Nick is the shoe-in I don't think he's as much as the shoe and I think he will still go number one but he's if you get a team that really just wants that anchor in the middle that can still destroy all kinds of stuff and be the Aaron Donald type of force you know I think you've got to think about Quinnen Williams as well it's crazy you have two players in the draft that you can make an Aaron Donald comp with with Ed Oliver and Quinnen Williams (laughs) Right. So I yeah. I don't think Yet Oliver's quite as dominant, but I think Quinnen could be. You mm-hmm. gotta remember he's still only started for a year, which is just insane. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's twelve. Right. On a stace at least. The rest of them look like he, <laughs> yeah. a dinosaur. That is a grown ass man. Anyways <laughs> my my love of the game is I, I cannot get enough of, of watching Tua, man. Like I love the way he for a lefty too, you kind of don't appreciate the mechanics of how a left-handed quarterback looks, and everything looks different. And boy, he has touch. Holy crap! Mm-hmm. There's still, like, the different levels, his the way he knows exactly when to throw it hard, exactly when to lay it in. It's I mean, it's crazy do at college very often no <laughs> no it's, it's a while matthew stafford still hasn't learned it come
1: on matthew <laughs> stafford has a fat he matthew stafford hangs out with clayton kershaw too much is his problem he's throwing too many fastballs and yeah wild pitches and speaking <laughs> of tua transition into my hate from the game not necessarily that i hate tua but matt miller and mellow and connor rogers on stick to football they were big on this and i kind of was like eh whatever i It's the way it's been. That's the way I'm used to it. But they were big on the Heisman voting being after the national championship game. And I think if the voting was after the national championship game, I can say for me because I said I was going to vote for Kyler Murray if I had a vote, which I never will, I would have voted for Kyler. I would, after seeing what happened this past weekend, I would, too, was the best player in college football. Jalen Hurts, I think, stole a little bit of that thunder kind of pulling a Tua like he did in the national title game, getting them the SEC title, but Tua coming back and having the ankle surgery and doing everything else, having a TO type of Super Bowl in the college football playoff, I think it spoke volumes. And and
0: Oklahoma came back a little bit, and
1: Tua and Alabama just wouldn't let
0: him have it. Heisman voting needs to be after the season, I think. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, I was in the Tua boat. I just thought he faced higher competition. It sucks at that, that one game right before the vote. Mm hmm. You know, and, and then Kyler just balled out against Texas. And I do think that had the huge factor, and it shouldn't have. I mean, but it did. That leads into my hate of the game, though, actually, is you just referenced, how Alabama kind of let Oklahoma come back up. And mm-hmm. I actually wasn't a fan of their game plan. It seemed like they were laying back. They didn't keep the, the foot on the jugular. You know, like you could tell even the way in the body language the way they were playing, they seemed to just kind of relax. Like, you know, we've got this. You know, I mean, not to take any credit from Oklahoma. Oklahoma definitely is a good team, and Kyler is amazing with the ball. Like, when he runs, and you see, you know, he's got some pretty good touch, too, on some of his passes. And
1: He had a couple nice passes.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it seemed like Alabama kind of laid back, which was kind of surprising. They played, you know, they kind of – because initially their defense was so aggressive. I mean, they were just all over Kyler Murray every time he looked, and they kind of, like, fell back a little bit. I don't know if they went – Full prevent, maybe like cover two or something. You know, like I didn't notice exactly the defense they were playing, but it seemed like they kind of backed off a little bit, which surprised me, um, especially with, as well as Oklahoma can score. So it <laughs> kind of shocked me a little bit. Mm-hmm. News and notes from this week Daniel Jones, Marquise Brown, and Miles Sanders all declared for the draft. That's some pretty big news. A couple of those were not exactly in the bag. I kind of thought Miles Sanders was leaning towards staying, but. I thought Sanders might have stayed out of those three names. And right before we started
1: recording, too, um, around 8 o'clock, your guy, Travion Williams, declared two. So I think out of, if you include Travion Williams in those four, I think I like Williams the most out of that group. Jones, I have to dive more into. I honestly didn't know if he was going to come out or not, so I haven't watched much on him. Uh, Marquise Brown, I've seen a little, little bit here and there of him. And then Miles Sanders I have to dive, dive into a little bit more, too. I'm watching more players that are seniors that I know are going to be at, like, senior bowls and already declared and stuff like that. So Trevon Williams out of the four I'm most excited to dive into more and watch more of.
0: Right, I think Daniel Daniel Williams just took a opportunity at this point, you know, with the down quarterback class. And I think he knows, too. He wouldn't – there's nothing more he could do at Duke, and it's a good time for him to jump in and – He'll probably be one of the top three quarterbacks drafted.
1: No, and he has good coaching down there at Duke with um Cutcliffe, the quarterback guru. I only um, know that
0: because you told me me.
1: Cutcliffe, the quarterback guru for the Mannings is his coach down there. So and if you watch him, it was funny when they were playing their bowl game I had my boss watching and I said, Watch. You'll see a lot of Manningisms with the way he holds the ball and moves his feet and he steps into his throws and everything oh, wow. of that sort. Yeah, that's all that's missing is Omaha from him and missing OBJ when he's wide open. But besides that, he might have an opportunity at that depending on how the Giants draft. And then something I'm really excited about with the news and notes, I'm excited the way it panned out. Not excited that Steve Wilkes lost his job, but that had to happen for this to work. Senior Bowl staffs were announced. It's going to be John Gruden, his Raiders staff, coaching against Kyle Shanahan and his 49ers staff. If you're going to have two polar opposite coaches and coaching staffs, I don't think you could have come up with a better set of two guys. You're going to have old, grindy sort of guy, and then you're going to have Kyle Shanahan, who's probably going to have so much fun with all these weapons he's going to have. So I'm excited to see how those two go and who gets assigned to what team and how it all
0: pans out. And also this week, Josh Allen declared that he should be the number one draft pick, and basically, yeah, he's got a valid point at this point. You guys, everybody knows what I think of him. I think he's most likely going to go top three. Now it looks like it's, you know, one of those teams, if you don't get both, say, Josh Allen's the next best pass rusher. I, li- I like that. Yeah, I like swagger and guys like that. You know, there's there's some guys, some positions, you know, some things you want to see that, you know, and you definitely want to see it, your pass rusher. So
1: And it's going to be, I think, in one of those cases where Josh Rosen said last year, Every team that passed on him, he'll remember. And I think it's going to be similar with Josh Allen. I think if he gets passed over by Arizona, uh, I, he shouldn't get past Oakland. <laughs> but John Green won't shut up about how much he needs a pass rusher after training Khalil Mack for the 20-something pick. But that's right. Yeah, he. Yeah, if he's there, at we're,
0: Oakland's four, right, or three? Two or three. San Francisco's two. So, yeah, three. Two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, if he gets past Oakland at three, it's there's something going on there. But for sure. All right, then real quick, uh, just a little bit of strategy, kind of a lot of players. I don't know if there was a lot of value dropping and raising in the bowl games, not as much as there sometimes is. There's a lot of marquee talent that sat out during these games. But is there some of them that really you, kind of that are presenting themselves as values and some that might be overpriced at this point, Andrew?
1: I think a value at this point, just coming off the horrendous performance they had against Texas, I think any of the Georgia running backs, you might be able to get a good value on as far as trying to acquire them or something to that effect. Uh, DeAndre Swift has the chance, along with several other guys, to be the RB1 in 2020. Elijah Holyfield could declare this year. He could stay another year. I think he's going to be worth something in the future. So if you have him at Devi, I still like him. So anybody with Georgia running backs, and plus they got some freshmen coming in that are just going to be insane. I think I saw the RB1 committed to them in the last week or so on that mid-signing day. Anytime Georgia has a running back, it's worth getting. And I think right now, after seeing what the Texas defense was able to do and step up and not allow them really do anything that they've been doing all year, averaging over 200 yards rushing, I think their value is a little bit down just enough where you could have somebody who's disgruntled and be like, hey, I'll get rid of them. And then my – uh Overpriced player, I would say. I almost didn't write his name down, but I think it applies just because of how well he played. Benny Snell coming off his performance against Penn State. He's getting a lot of buzz on Twitter and draft Twitter, um, even in our group discussions. I think it was Tim in our Dicey Happy Hour staff chat who's been telling me all year to not talk about Benny Snell so he can have him everywhere.
0: But you have been you have been all up in Benny Snell for a while, I have. and now and I all think, of a sudden, bam!
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, I think his stock will drop just a little bit right before the draft because everyone's going to be talking about Ava um, Montgomery. And if Josh Jacobs decla- if Josh Jacobs declares, it'll knock Benny Snell's stock down just enough that I think you could acquire him for a decent amount. But if, I mean, again, we haven't really seen all of Josh Jacobs, but. I'll let that transition into yours.
0: Right. Yeah, I think Josh Jacobs is one of the values, but his value window is going to close extremely rapidly. Like, I think if you get a chance, now is the chance in the next week or two. You know, if if he does declare, even if if he doesn't, I still think you need to grab him because he will be the man in Alabama next year, I believe. And Trevion Williams, I still think is a value. Um, I mean, everybody has kind of peaked. His name is now peaked up a little bit you know he got some people's attention but i still think he's not considered one of the top two or three backs in this class and i still think you can get him for a pretty good value and if he he has a chance you know if he does really well at the combine and you know the more people dig into him i think they will like him and he is his value will rise so i think now the now you got to grab him as well <sighs> this is kind of a reluctant overpriced because I do think Dwayne Haskins is going to come out. I do think he's going to be the first quarterback drafted. I I think it's going to be the Giants unless somebody goes in front of the Giants. And I just I think that's overpriced. I think he's got some issues. You know, he's obviously a, a very good leader and he's got a lot of things that you do like and he's got a chance to break that. I was reading an article on Bleacher Report earlier about he could break the mold of Urban Meyer's quarterbacks, you know, that have not done well in the NFL. I think he could be successful, but I think the pressure of being the first quarterback and thrown into a situation like the Giants is not what he needs. I think he will, if he gets drafted by the Giants, I wouldn't be surprised if they just shoved Eli right out the door and Haskins was a starter from day one. I, I think he's probably a little overpriced just because he's going to be the top quarterback. He's going to be this. If if he declares, I really don't see any reason why he would stay.
1: I think the only reason he would stay is kind of like a Herbert thing.
0: There was a commercial before the
1: Rose Bowl, and it was shown him as a kid um, wearing an oversized Ohio State jersey and the gloves doing the hand combo and he's like i'm gonna go to school here and stuff like that so i mean cool. who knows if he stays all hell breaks loose on this quarterback class drew Locke's gonna be qb1 and i'm gonna lose my mind
0: right i mean he's got there's obviously the incentive of a national title because if he comes back i think that puts them right up there in the you know in that discussion uh maybe he's maybe he sees alabama and clemson's dominations as the no way we're gonna do it i don't know all right, Andrew has a good idea for this. Andrew, you want to lead us into this next segment here? For the national championship, we obviously got to
1: discuss that because that's coming up this Monday. And instead of giving a breakdown of who we like with Tua and BTN and anybody else, there's a lot of good matchups by positions because these are the two best teams in college football. So I said to Dwight when we were putting our little sheet together for the show, I said, I want to play a game of would you rather. And it's not going to be would you rather – eat nails or drink boiled milk or anything like that. It's just going to be position-wise. So I'll kick us off. Would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tagovailoa? Man, that is a hard decision. That was my favorite one
0: to write down.
1: I was like, ooh, this is going to be –
0: honestly, Trevor Lawrence. I know that sounds – as much as I love Tua. I think Trevor is more of what NFL – teams want even though the the mold of an nfl quarterback has kind of evolved over the years i think he fits all the boxes of what they want he's mobile enough he's got the arm the leadership but you can it's man that's like a 1a 1b man really it is (laughs) like like i think too you know there's obviously questions about him being a lefty you know having just having to shift lines around you know do this and that to accommodate him but the fact of the matter is he's just a great quarterback so i think trevor lawrence by a by a sliver, but man, you can't go wrong there. What do you think?
1: i Like you said, you can make a case for either one of these guys. I do think if I had to take just one, I would probably take Trevor Warren's just because Tua kind of came on on that national st- stage. I'm not saying he's overhyped, I'm just saying since then he's been in everyone's face. Same way with Lawrence, but Lawrence has been in everyone's face since he was 17. And the generational arm talent, usually you get the generational talent thrown at running back and wide receiver and stuff like that, and it doesn't necessarily apply to everyone. But, I mean, when people are saying there's been two perfect quarterback prospects with John Elway and Andrew Luck, and then you're throwing Lawrence in there and he's only a freshman, I mean, the sky's the limit. So I would definitely have to say... I would go with Trevor Lawrence. Can
0: I say whoever has a better game this week? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And would you rather have any of the Alabama stable running backs or Mr. Travis Etienne?
1: Now, I positioned it for any of the Alabama running backs because I think Etienne's that good that more than one player has to go up against him. I agree. So if I were to pick one to go up against Etienne, it definitely would be Josh Jacobs. Damian Harris is definitely more of a Lendale White to Josh Jacobs, Reggie Bush. College wise, pro wise, I hope they both pan out to be better. But I would definitely take ETN here. I'll make you happy and go with that route. I know which route you are going to go, but oh yeah, your guy. I'll let you go off about
0: him. Yeah, he's my ETN. He's he, to me, he's the top back that comes out next year. He's a complete back, and he's just amazing. So much fun to watch. Uh, if I had a, if I had a team, and you told me I could have any running back, it would he would be up there, and that's including pillars in the NFL. That's how high I am on him. Running back right now, we just
1: did a mock draft for Dynasty Happy Hour. And running back is still, I don't want to say stagnant, but it's the kiddie pool. It used to be the adult pool, the kid pool, or not the kid pool, the bigger swimming pool. And it's turned into a kiddie pool. So um, I definitely think in the next couple years, we're going to get that installment of talent and youth that we need for sure. And I think ETN is going to be leading the pack next year, which will say a lot about him. My second favorite argument, but would you rather, in this list, is wide receiver Jerry Judy from Alabama or T. Higgins from Clemson. Both, again, I think are kind of like a Trevor Lawrence and Tua, and all respect to Justin Ross, but I think T. Higgins just for he'll be drafted sooner. That's why I went with him.
0: I Actually, I'm going to lean toward Jerry Judy. I think he's more of a complete wide receiver. Splitting hairs again. Higgins is kind of – Clemson's game plan can kind of sort of evolve, you know, in his – there's games where he doesn't play a lot. He sees a lot of the top defensive backs, obviously, as does Judy. So, like in the in their game last week, you know, Higgins was yeah, – he wasn't really part of the game plan, and Justin Ross just went crazy. Or I feel like Judy's definitely one of the more – definitely the top option there in Alabama. And I don't I just – I think he's a little more complete. He's, I really like what both of them do. I think if I had to choose between one, it'd be Judy. For the most part,
1: we've agreed to this point. This is the one I'm not going to necessarily disagree. Again, it's like Lawrence and Tua, but I'm going to go T. Higgins. I'm a tiebreaker for me with receivers, I like height, just because that means they have a wider catch range. T. Higgins is six four, and Jerry Judy six one. So just those three inches, I'm going to give Higgins a little bit of an edge there. Um, I think both are going to test out of the park. I think both are fantastic route runners and have breakaway speed. And Higgins, I think, has shown to be the more physical of the two, as far as receivers go. But yeah, just the height for me makes a little bit of a difference. That's why I'm going to go Higgins. I was going to say tight end. We don't have a tight end matchup because <laughs> Ursmith
0: Jr. would win. Oh yeah. So
1: I figured there wasn't much of a discussion to be had. So oh, that's
0: fine. Then we get to the IDPs on the defensive line. There's obviously a lot of stars on the defensive line. Uh, the big one, Quinn and Williams. Would you rather have Quinn and Williams or Cullen Cullen Farrell?
1: I mean, we just talked about Quinn Williams potentially being the number one pick in the draft. And Farrell could still be a top ten pick, but again, I feel like in this just tells you how well matched these teams are with one A's and one B's. I think Quinn and Williams, and plus Quinn and Williams got a Heisman vote. <laughs> if anything is a tiebreaker, I think it's a Heisman vote. So I
0: definitely would go <laughs> Quinn and Williams. Yeah, I, I agree there. Nothing, nothing else I can say about that guy. I could do a 30-minute show on him. For sure. Linebackers? Both have a pretty stellar linebacker, Mack Wilson, or would you rather have Kendall Joseph? I heard – I can't remember where it was, how much – I listened to the
1: Draft Network and stick to football for draft podcasts. I heard one of them make the comp with Mack Wilson. He's a less physically imposing – Ruben foster for nick saban but he has nowhere near the character concerns of a reuben foster so i think mac Wilson not picked when the draft rolls around and for idp guys he's all over the field he can blitz he can drop back in coverage and he's really the straw that stirs the
0: drink for that alabama defense which says a lot yeah i, I tend to i think i'm gonna go with mac there as well um both of them are really solid solid nfl players um or solid ugh, solid linebackers that can do a lot but to me Mac Wilson's just more of a playmaker more of a you know he, he's a guy you've got to account for defensively which is and Kendall Joseph he just I mean he gets whatever he gets whatever he can behind that defensive line I mean geez surprised he gets any tackles the way the, those guys in the line play so Mac Wilson to me as well let me go to defensive backs there are a couple different defensive backs but would you rather have Deontay Thompson or Trayvon Mullen
1: My gut says Deontay Thompson, but my shutdown corner loving me that Denzel Ward has as a Browns fan introduced me to because I didn't know what that was until then. I like Trayvon Mullen a lot. I think he's a corner that's not going to be talked about enough. I like his range. I like his um, ability to shut down players. I really want to see Trayvon Mullen – what he can do with Jerry Judy. If he can play well against Jerry Judy, I think he has the potential to be right up there with Greedy Williams and Byron Murphy. As far as draft discussion goes in corners. And I, I know you said before, IDP doesn't necessarily affect kindly on corners, but, and Deontay Thompson's more of a safety. So I guess he'd be more friendly for the fantasy
0: player. Yeah, when it comes to that way, but still as far in this situation, I think I'd rather have Trayvon Mullen as well. That The corner that can do that, that can shut down you know, a side of a field, or at least make you think twice about throwing to that side of a field, you know, is definitely one that's more value as far as a team and the game. Uh, Deontay Thompson's going to be a great NFL player. I think he's, he doesn't make that much of a difference as like a shutdown corner would. And Trayvon Mullen may not be totally shut down, but he's really freaking close. He's a really good young cornerback. And he's going to, I think he's going to make Jerry Judy a very small factor in this game, which is, Going to be a key, so I would take Mullen in, in this situation. I like that. Would you rather? No,
1: gonna... I like that too. When you have two good teams matched up like that, I think it's the best way to break it down. Sort of, just because yeah. that way you're not leaving anybody out and forgetting about anybody.
0: Yeah, at least you didn't say, "Would you rather have uh, Chris Pratt or Ryan Reynolds?" Oh, uh, Chris Whoa. Pratt all day. <laughs> <laughs> when you ask that, I'm like, "Oh God, what are we doing here?" <laughs> all right. Just real quick, we're going to wrap this sucker up. Andrew, final prediction for the game?
1: I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I I want it to go to overtime, and it might with the score. I'm predicting Alabama will win 45-42. But at the same time, if Clemson were to win by the same score, I wouldn't be shocked either.
0: Actually, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I think Clemson's going to win. And I've got them winning 29-26. I don't know how they're going to get to that score. I, was sitting, I already do that in my head, like kind of. Yeah, 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 you know, do that. Yeah, field goals, whatever. Yeah, I, like, I think it's going to be a little more defensive than some of the games we say, and I hope it's like a 29-26 real game all the way. Not you know twenty one nothing right off the bat, and then just catch up. You know,
1: so, and see you can tell from our prediction who the IDP defensive guy is based on their score, and who <laughs> the fun offensive guy is based on their score.
0: Right, right. The defenses will present a little bit of a challenge for the offense. Both of both have very, very good offenses and both have very good defenses. I'm hoping it's a little more of a game and neither of them have mascots that want to kill each other. So that's good. Um, (laughs) Do you see that? Oh, I read today that PETA wants to get rid of college mascots because of that. Of course they do. Because of the the cow taking on the bulldog. Of course they do. I
1: saw a picture. It was Bevo's Twitter account um, posted earlier in the day. And he was just staring down at Ugga. And obviously, I don't wish harm to an animal. As a Florida fan, I thoroughly enjoyed it, watching Ugga run for his life.
0: I liked watching the photographer run for his life when that bull came through there. The one
1: guy got headbutted, and he was fine. (laughs) I'd have been scared. (laughs) And that bull was like, like, whoa. I was watching it with my family, and my family's like, why would they put an animal in
0: red in front of a bull? I don't know. That was one of the more exciting parts of the bowl games thus far. <laughs> That's too bad, but, yeah.
1: It was more it was more of a battle than the game was for Georgia Texas.
0: <laughs> Definitely. All right. You got any last words there, Andrew? People can find me on Twitter
1: at DHH underscore Mandrew after a fun publicity day for me. All good now. Thank you. Sweet baby Jesus. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at DHH underscore Mandrew. I'm going to be getting some draft stuff and 2019 rookie stuff ready for Dynasty Happy Hour. And then I also got some NFL team reviews and going to do some draft stuff for the scorecrow, my other site I write for. So be sure to look out for that
0: stuff. And what about you, Dwight? Awesome. You can find me on Twitter at FFPeople'sChamp for DHH. Uh, right now, I'm going to, we'll obviously be writing about some prospects, but right now I'm working on an article about free agents and teams that have the most money going into the offseason. i know everybody's talking about the draft and i'm going to talk about free agency That's it happens of, first and it affects the draft so it makes sense oh, it does a lot so yeah and i'll be writing a lot more about the draft and andrew and i have got some pretty good exciting things coming up here for everybody and we hope you hang with us and we'd love to answer your questions send us emails at debbie owners manual at gmail.com and on twitter at Debbie Manuel. All right, with that, we're gonna sign out for this week, and we'll talk to you guys next week. If there's
1: more. Don't forget about the Mountain uh, West. The MAC can flex. Sun Belt is next. Ivy League fresh, literally though.
0: Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players to test. I'm serious. They will talk about the most obscure players on this planet, potentially another planet. Like. Dude's
1: got a 4340 from Mars. Like, I don't know. I, it's too much. I'm done. I'm gone this time. Like, don't bring it back in. Enjoy your.